Welcome to episode 80. It's really 80 this week of the Clarity Compressed podcast. Last week, I know I said it was episode 80. And then if you go back and watch the video, my team did something funny. Even if you watch the first five seconds, I don't get away with anything. But today is really episode 80. And we're going to talk about getting nerdy with branding and marketing. And I might get myself in a little bit of trouble. Clarity can only really exist in the light of truth. Branding just isn't a tactic. It's a lifestyle change. So first, this week, I hate, I don't, I'm not, I don't hate to brag. People that just say humble brag, it's really just a brag. So we're going to do just a brag. We're doing just a brag today. This is this week's edition of Automotive News Magazine. If you're not in the auto industry, um, this is like the big deal publication. This is the one that everybody reads, widely distributed. And they published a response to an article they had about Subaru's sharing the love campaign or love campaign. They published a response to the article in there. It was written by me. So I thought it was cool. I've never done a letter to the editor, but it, the button was there and I clicked it. So basically, Subaru um, is the manufacturer is starting to launch a campaign where they are featuring not vehicles. So they are not featuring vehicles, not featuring new models, not featuring price or payment, but instead they're talking about branded brand first content, what it means to be a Subaru driver, what is going on in the community around the brand of Subaru. And I frankly haven't seen that come from a manufacturer yet. So I thought I would write an article to talk about it a little bit. So I'm going to take a second and I'm going to read it here. Title of the article is Subaru has right idea with love. So love is kind of their thing. Like love is what makes Subaru Subaru. And I said to the editor, this is exactly what the automotive industry needs. A manufacturer who has the intuition and courage to lead with brand connection and move the sales speak to the side. Oh, and it quotes the article, Subaru retailers get some love in latest commercial, August 5th. We'll link it up below. I said, I've been seeing many retailers across the country embracing this approach over the past year. Groups such as Sun Auto Group in Syracuse, <coughs> client, Maury's Automotive Group, Shop Automotive Group, who's in uh, the Midwest, and others are paying attention to consumer sentiment and creating a real retail experience around the product. Subaru is the first manufacturer I see doing the same, and it's time. But love, right? That's their campaign, love. So I say, but love, I can hear the old schooler scoffing. Yes, love. Why? Because it's a point of human connection. Do you know what isn't? Fine print and offers with complicated contingencies followed by a foray of specs. People connect with brands over beliefs. The actual product needs to be a reinforcement of these. People like me drive cars like this. Perhaps many think Subaru marketing took a chance on love. I believe it will be seen as a turning point as other manufacturers follow suit. Thanks for taking the lead and spreading the love, Subaru. It's good for all of us in the automotive industry. And frankly, it's good for all of us who have to watch automotive advertising because all advertising is an interruption, right? It just is, interrupts people throughout their day. So if I'm going to interrupt you, let me bring you some value. Let me show you something you can connect with so you don't see it as an interruption. You see it as valuable. Makes sense, right? I think it makes sense. So automotive news this week, 
Um, I thought I'd share because I think it's really cool that they published something I wrote. Today's moment of clarity is you are greedy. Now, I'm not being accusatory. I'm greedy too. As humans, we're all greedy with something. I don't consider myself to be a greedy person, but that's overall. There are things that I am greedy about. For some people, it's their time. For some people, it's their money. Whatever it is, it's just a bad way to be. Nobody wants to be greedy. And when you're not greedy, when you're giving, when you serve other people, guess what? Life gets a lot better. So whatever it is that you're greedy about, try giving some of that away today or this week. That's it. It's Moment of Clarity. I'm so excited for what he's going to show me. Hurry up and show me Paul's pick. Okay, today for Paul's picks, we're going to talk about Honda CB motorcycles. Now, specifically, this isn't vintage, but it's modeled after vintage, but vintage Honda motorcycles are amazing, especially when they're done in the fashion. It's called a Cafe Racer. Google it, we'll show some here. A Cafe Racer is a motorcycle that really has the opportunity to express the style of the rider. You do all kinds of crazy stuff to them and turn something that's old into something that's new by putting your flair on it, by putting some style on it, and they're really fun to ride and that's why it's my pick for the week. It's where I can clear my mind. Now, the reason I wanted to make episode 80, what we're actually going to talk about is a continuation from last week's podcast when I started talking about the problem with the current agency model. And this week I'm going to get into it a little bit deeper, so I'm going to get a little nerdy. I had Pat's help to get nerdy because he understands these things more than I do, so... I was able to draw some uh, good knowledge and wisdom out of him. Just suck the life out of him. That's what I try to do. So if you're not in the marketing world, um, you might not follow along with some of the stuff. I'll try to break it down because my goal is that even if you're not in the marketing world, you understand because let's face it, like as a consumer, these are the things that are being deployed against your attention day in and day out. And for me, I think it's cool to understand why companies care what I think and how, you know, what happens behind the curtain. So we have a few metrics that I want to talk about. And first, when it comes to metrics, let's be clear. I took a statistics class in college, and it's one of the only math classes I took in college. But statistics, I learned that you can make numbers say whatever you want them to say. Is five a good number? I don't know. Right? If it's like the number of M&Ms I can eat, it's a bad number. But if it's the number of millions I'm going to make, then it's a great number. Right? So like five doesn't mean anything objectively. So numbers can be incredibly deceiving because metrics can say or look like something is really good when it's not good. And metrics could say something is bad when it actually it's good. And I'm going to explain that for a second. We do have an article that we're going to link below it's from a company called Unbounce and the one of the, I don't know if he's the founder, he's one of the founders, um, Ali Gardner, brilliant, brilliant thinker when it comes to advertising and attention and landing pages and all that. And there's a case study where basically they say, well, metrics don't mean anything unless you know what the real measurable is on the other side. Like, what is the conversion? Meaning that if I say, hey, look, here's ad A, and ad A was seen by this many people, and your cost per click was 50 cents. I'm like, okay. Then they're like, hey, B, fewer people saw it, and the cost per click was five bucks. Well, I'm like, well, a is obviously the better ad, the better spend. Let's do more of A. And that's kind of arbitrary because I don't know how many of the people that clicked on that actually bought something or actually took another action 
toward buying something because the 50 cent per click people might have gotten to the page and be like, you know what? This isn't really what I wanted. Or they might have saw some garbage creative and it was just like, oh, well, that's kind of boring. I'm getting out of here. But we're like, yeah, we're high five. And we got that person to the site for 50 cents. And maybe the $5 clicks were the ones that said, this is exactly what I wanted. I'm going to buy it. And they just bought a $1,000 product or a $500 product. Oh, well, that changes the spectrum a little bit. So now which one's the more, which one's better, right? When you start looking at pay-per-click metrics, literally, I know agencies that talk about how they are the best at pay-per-click advertising because they get real high quality scores on their pay-per-click campaigns. I mean, how many people, if you're in, in marketing advertising, if you have an agency, how many people have decided on a KPI, key performance indicator, like what you're actually measuring going into an ad spend. What are we looking for? If you're looking for a low cost per click, okay, you might get it. Are you looking at more cars sold? Are you looking at X amount of cars sold? Are you looking at being able to attribute sales back to the spend directly? So that makes me to my next point. What's the real conversion measure? If you're in marketing, you know what a quality score is. If you're not, Google gives advertising's quality scores based on how their algorithm ranks your ad for relevance. So I search something on Google, it pops up stuff that it thinks that I, I care about or I'm paying attention based on what I, what I searched, and I click on something. So if I click on that person's ad because it got served up as relevant, Google says, well, that's a high quality ad because somebody clicked on it when they were searching for this. The problem is that doesn't measure it through the rest of the process. So I could celebrate, I have the best quality score and I have a low pay-per-click rate, but guess what? That doesn't really matter if it's like that doesn't translate to an actual business objective other than getting the person to click. So we're kind of chasing around these metrics and some of them, like, look, let's just call some of them vanity metrics. Companies that serve up like, hey, this is how many impressions this ad got. Okay, that looks like a big number, but compared to what? How much did I spend on it? I can throw a ton of money at an ad and get huge impressions and no relevance. The quality score could be high. My pay-per-click could be low, but guess what? How do I know it actually achieved what I need it to achieve? And there's a lot of high fives and there's a lot of like, look at this number. It's big and it's good. So the vendor comes in and says, hey, you're crushing it. Look how great these numbers are. But it's really kind of a myopic view. And if things are bad, they're like, well, those numbers don't matter. And there's like three or four reasons why they don't matter that month, but maybe they'll matter the next month. I think you need to take a really hard look if you're working with an agency that says, oh, what is your ad spend? Great. We're going to take that ad spend and we're going to mark it up 20 or 30%. And that's going to be our fee, that 20 to 30% fee. There's an inherent conflict of interest. These aren't bad people that run these agencies. I know them. They're good people. But I'm saying the model is broken because there's a built-in conflict of interest that I can never really want to help you reduce your ad spend because by that, I'd be signing the death warrant of my own company. The more you spend in ads, my opinion is the more tax you're paying because your brand isn't strong. So you have to spend more in ads to get people in the door because you haven't done the brand work to make it attractive. You haven't done the good creative that connects. And next week, I'm going to tell you about those things. But for this week, so pivot to something that I find a little bit more relevant. Facebook advertising, instead of a quality score, so if you're following along, quality score, Google relevance score, Facebook. Now, Facebook's relevance score 
in my opinion, is way more valuable than Google's quality score and a pay-per-click metric um, that's just based on an ad spend. And again, the agency makes a percentage of the ad spend, so it's in their best interest that you spend more on ads and less on brand and creative, et cetera. Now, Facebook's relevance score is awesome because the only deciding factor in how relevant that ad is to that person is whether or not me as the consumer decided it was good. So the relevance score goes up if I dwell, if I look on it longer. It goes up if I like it. If it goes up if I share it. It goes up if I comment on it. So if I just keep scrolling past it, I ignore it, guess what? Quality score, down. Why? Because I saw it as an interruption. I didn't care about it. I kept moving on. Relevance score goes up if I interacted with it because it was worth my time and attention. So the Facebook relevance score, however at least shows you how in tune your brand is and your creative is to who you're trying to run ads to. Is that making sense? Google quality score, okay, it is a metric, but if it's not tied to something that we can actually empirically say this is important, well, then it's just kind of a garbage metric. And if your ad spend is based on a quality score and your ad spend is get based on how many clicks you got per $100 or how, what your cost per click was, guess what? It's another metric that's not tethered to anything. This is why I'm talking about the agency model being broken because we're paying attention to the wrong things. Let me give you an example. If you're a car dealer, you know what metric really matters? Number of cars sold. You know what other metrics matter? Cost of advertising per car sold. So I could get a zillion impressions because I spent a lot of money for people to see it. And I don't even know if I'm targeting the right people. I'm just getting people to see it. And I could high five. I could feel good about myself. But if I'm not selling more cars, if my cost per ad, car, ad cost per car isn't going down, guess what? I'm a loser. Meaning I'm losing. I'm not a loser. But I'm losing. I guess if anything this week, I want to show you that like it's easy to measure things that don't matter. And we could go even deeper on this. And talk about like, actually, the most relevant audiences, if you just look at the way Google works, if all of a sudden I want to run and I say, I want to run this to men between the ages of 25 and 35, right? That's one level of expense. And the second I want to filter that out and say, well, men between the ages of 25 and 35 that like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have a great friend. He loves the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm an Eagles fan. I'm an Eagles guy. Either way. I got this one demographic, 25 to 35-year-old males. Then I want to overlay another filter on top of that and say, well, just show me the 25 to 35s that like the Steelers. And then I overlay a geographic and say, in the area of upstate New York, right? All of a sudden, I filtered that big group down to a little group. Guess what? It's more expensive to do that. But if I'm selling Steelers jerseys, it's worth a higher cost per click because I've just hit a relevant audience. Following? things, they all come together and make sense. I know I'm picking some fights here. I don't intend to uh, talk down on the people who have agency models that charge a percentage of ad spend. Like good, hardworking people. I'm saying the agency's broken and we need another solution. Brand first marketing connection with other human beings is part of that solution. Measuring the right things is part of the solution. So if you're in, if you're spending any money on advertising, or if you're being advertised to, it's good to know what's going on and how it works out. Um, that's kind of what I want to go. Now, next week on episode 81, next week we're going to talk about 
um, the solution. We're going to talk about how I believe we start to fix these things, what I believe we start to pay attention to so that we can start to pivot from this old model to a way that isn't bound on a percentage of ad spend. It's the way that we execute things at my agency, but we measure them to objectives. We measure them to the personas. We measure them in brand connection. And again, your business has to be growing. You have to be able to tie it back. So we're going to talk about those things next week. And it's kind of a big intro to a lot of other things we're doing. So I hope you tune in. In the meantime, thanks for bearing with me through the nerdy stuff today. It's good to get nerdy every once in a while. Um, I appreciate the fact that you're spending any time and attention here. Um, if you haven't, if you didn't hear it at the beginning of the podcast, or actually, I told I said I wouldn't tell the video people. So if you're watching this on video, I'm not going to say it. You have to listen to the first like 10 seconds of the audio version to get uh, what we're doing next. But that's it. Thank you for spending some time. I appreciate it so much. I know that you have so much stuff going on. So if you tune in or you listen when you're walking the dog or driving to work or whatever it is, Man, I appreciate it. This community is building is pretty awesome. And they're people that just, you know, want to make good decisions, want to connect with people and want to kind of be nice on the way to it. So if you take any of those things away, I hope it's that. Um, hope you have a great week. Looking forward to episode 81 next week because we're going to give you the third part of the series. Until then, pursue clarity. And that's an episode. Yeah.